Welcome to all of the lay people and all the monks and novices. This Friday, we all learn Dhamma as usual. There was one disciple, a venerable Ajahn Man, who taught in a Zen-like manner. This was Venerable Ajahn Tongrat, and he was Venerable Ajahn Chah's teacher. Ajahn Tongrat would use a method to teach his disciples where they wouldn't know that their teacher was testing them and teaching them some deep Dhamma. There was one day when Venerable Ajahn Tongrat led a group of his disciples to go wandering to find a secluded place for meditation. As they were walking there, there was one cow going in the other direction, and after they had passed the cow, Ajahn Tongrat asked, Just then, when we passed a male cow, did anyone see it? Two of the disciples said, Ajahn, it was a female cow. Ajahn Tongrat said, it was a male cow. The disciples said, it was a female cow, because it really was a female cow. They had seen the organ of the female cow. It really was female. The disciples argued and their faces had turned red. Here, they were definitely right. How could the Ajahn see it as a male cow? Both of the disciples had seen that it was a female cow. The disciples were showing their knowledge and expertise that they were definitely right. Ajahn Tongrat then asked them, and so, who originally called them a male cow and called it a female cow? The disciple became aware that he had made a mistake. He had had a lapse in his mindfulness. He had let the mind go and proliferate and saw just the exterior. He saw it as an animal, an individual, a self, a me and them. He had seen it as a cow and the sex of it. So he had mindfulness and then asked for forgiveness from his teacher, Ajahn Tongrat. Ajahn Tongrat didn't take the issue any further. This was the Zen style of teaching of Ajahn Tongrat. He taught for his disciples to be aware and have mindfulness, to reduce their ego and conceit first. And we look at another famous Zen story, the story of the tea overflowing the teacup. It shows that in China and Japan, they prefer to drink tea over coffee like is widespread these days in other parts of Asia. The story was that there was a venerable Zen teacher named Nan In. He was very famous throughout the country. A professor who was also respected throughout the country came to pay a visit to venerable Nan In and asked to learn about the Zen Buddhist teachings. Venerable Nan In welcomed him and poured the tea into the professor's teacup until it was full and then kept on pouring. It was overflowing and the professor saw it and could no longer restrain himself and blurted out, How can you pour more in? In this day and age we would say he got angry. Venerable Nan In then said, For you as well, how can I put any more into you? You are full of thoughts and views, following your own attachments and opinions. These two things will make you unable to understand Zen Buddhism. This is called, the teacup is overflowing. The great teachers would remind us children to have mindfulness to know what we were thinking.
and for us to know what is overflowing and what is not overflowing. May you find your path to this. And in the old days, there was one Brahman, Tissa Pamoka, who wanted to mould steel to make a waist belt. He did this because he was afraid his stomach would burst, because his knowledge was overflowing. Let us contemplate the meaning of this. We ourselves may be overflowing. We may be full of knowledge and nothing more can go in. For some, that which overflows may even harm other people as well. And we can think that whatever overflows is that which is unusable. Please think and reflect on whether this is true or not. That which overflows out we can't use. Like the physical body can only receive that which is of benefit to it. So the Acharya Dhamma, the teacher's Dhamma that is true, there is no day that it overflows. May you think and reflect on the teacher's Dhamma or the real Dhamma. Does it have the characteristic of overflowing? If it can't overflow, then that means that which overflows is not the Acharya Dhamma, the true teachings from the great teachers. It's not Dhamma. If it flows out and goes away then, then that is good too. And to speak on a deep level, the true original mind, at no time does it overflow. That which overflows is the mind that proliferates. That which makes the mind proliferate, that is not the true mind. The many things that overflow out of the mind is not what is the true mind at all. What is the true mind? It has nothing to make it proliferate or conceive. So you have to find the true mind, the real mind. This is important and what we need to learn about in Buddhism. And even since the time of the Buddha, there were similar stories. There was one extremely knowledgeable teacher who would teach on scriptures named Tucho Potila. But when he paid respects to the Buddha, the Buddha called him venerable empty scripture every time. Tucho Potila was very ashamed. He had vast knowledge and many disciples, but the Buddha called him venerable empty scripture. He looked for someone to teach him, but couldn't find anyone willing, as he was a great teacher already. He finally found one Arahant novice. The young novice said, I can teach you, but you must listen and follow everything I say. Put your robes on properly, and whatever I say, you must do it. Venerable Tucho Patila accepted. The young novice told him to go walk into the muddy bog. He walked into the bog until it got to his neck. The novice said to stop and come back out. Here, the ego of Venerable Tucho Potila had shrunk. The novice taught that there is a termite mound with many holes, and for him to close all the holes, and then the termite in that mound will come out and you'll be able to catch it. In this body, there is the eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, and mind. He closed all of them and looked into the self and the mental defilements in the heart. Tucho Potila already had great knowledge in the scriptures, and when he gathered all his energies to have samadhi, he could then restrain his heart and then contemplated 
to develop wisdom. Then he was able to attain to becoming an arahant with all the special abilities. This was all because he had reduced his ego and conceit. He wasn't a teacup that was overflowing. But to get to this point, in the beginning he had to follow the teachings of the Buddha. He had no refuge, so he had to rely on the novice to teach him. Then he could succeed in understanding the mind and the heart. This is like the beginning teachings in the forest Kamatana tradition. When one stayed with a venerable teacher like Venerable Ajahn Chah, he tried to teach his disciples to reduce their ego and conceit, to leave all of that in the front of the monastery first, be someone who is easy to tell what to do, easy to teach. Then when one receives teachings, one will be able to practice them and will get true results in their Dhamma practice. May you all grow in blessings.